Hi, it's me from Sizzletown. This isn't Sizzletown, by the way. This is Sizzletown Unplugged. That's right, another one of these episodes we do from time to time so that Matt can have a holiday. No callers, no songs, no playing someone farting by mistake during their podcast. No, it's just me going on and on about movies, playing an old sketch, and then doing something we've never done before, which is taking you behind the scenes to show you how a piece of Sizzletown is constructed. That's right. Might not be for everyone. It might spoil the magic. So be warned. If you're looking for the normal show, we'll be back at the start of February with all our callers. Or if you're listening to this in the future, 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 future. Oh, sorry, it's not the same without Matt here. You might want to skip ahead to the next one. Anyway, Happy New Year, and let's get started. Sorry, I should explain the uh, the Beavis and Butthead doll that is back because in lieu of Matt Dower, I'm uh, using that to punctuate things. Now, uh, firstly, I should say thank you to everyone who sent me a nice comment about our season finale, which, uh, to be honest, I wasn't even sure we were going to finish making it because I got COVID and it was two weeks of coughing and confusion. And uh, I was terrified that I was going to give it to Pete Smith. And, you know, killing Pete Smith would not be a great way to uh, celebrate five years of Sizzletown. But anyway, Pete's still getting about. And, uh, yeah, the show, what do we do? Okay, now, from the beginning, I've been reading out my diary of films, films that I've seen. This is every film I've seen since 1980. I've kept a list with just the name of the film, the director, and how many stars I gave it at the time. At the time, that's the important part. This is the young, stupid version of me doing this. You've got to remember that. A lot of people not very happy. Remember last year when I watched The Big Chill seven times? (laughs) I don't think people have been as outraged by anything in all of Sizzletown as that fact. So uh, we're going to continue. I remember thinking maybe I should check this list before we do these. But I think the fun is that I don't look at the list until we've pressed play and record. So that's what we've done. I've printed out the year 1985. I've not looked at it. And firstly, what I'll do is I'll just see how... Oh, my God. Oh, it's going to be a long one. I saw 101 films in 1985. And then another 40 on video. Right, so this is the first year where I started keeping a second list of ones that I've seen on video. So what I'm going to do is just go through it. I'm sorry, this is the format. I'm going to go through the list and uh, just see what I remember, if anything. So let's get started. 1985, first film I saw was Star Trek III. The Search for Spock, directed by Leonard Nimoy. I've given it four stars. That's interesting, because I never saw Star Trek II. But I've obviously been impressed by that. Uh, Then I've seen, oh, Ghostbusters. 
Five stars. Wow. Followed by Ghostbusters again and Ghostbusters again. I was really impressed by Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters, as it's actually called, if you have a look at the opening titles. I've then seen a double feature of Stripes for the second time and Ghostbusters for the fourth time. Wow. That was followed by Moscow on the Hudson. Paul Mazursky, two stars, only two. All I remember from that is a very hairy Robin Williams in the bath. Uh, oh, then I've seen Top Secret from uh, Abraham Zucker and Zucker, their follow-up to Airplane or Flying High. And I've given it five stars to hell with what the critics thought. I know a lot of people don't like Top Secret. When's it set? Is it a parody of war movies or Elvis movies? What is it? I don't care. There's just so many great visual jokes in that film. The underwater barroom brawl, the whole backwards one-shot scene with Peter Cushing. And great dialogue like, uh, you have to get out of here now or your lives will be worth less than a truckload of dead rats in a tampon factory. How can you not love Top Secret? Uh, Oh, another five-star film, The Terminator. I love The Terminator. And I think it was on Time Magazine's top ten list, so that impressed me. Then I've seen, well, I've seen a double feature of Airplane and Top Secret for the second time. And they've obviously set a... A high standard for comedy, because then I've seen Bachelor Party, directed by Neil Israel, two stars, with Tom Hanks. And then I've seen Revenge of the Nerds, which I've only given one star. Wow. Did I take personal offence at the idea of nerds? I think that was where we first heard the word nerd in New Zealand, because clearly I would have been a nerd if the word nerd had been around in the 70s, but... um, it wasn't. We were just weirdos. Um, Jeff Canyu was the director of Revenge of the Nerds. What else did he... I think he might have done that film, V.I. Wachowski, with uh, Kathleen Turner that basically ruined her career. Jeff Canyu. Can you please stop making movies? Shut up, Bartnacker. Uh The Bounty. New Zealand's own Roger Donaldson with his remake of uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. I've given it two stars. I do remember this. I think I talked about it in one of my books. I saw it in Te Aumutu, and they had the cinema uh, teed up with this surround sound so that whenever you were on the ship, which was for most of it, you could feel the ocean sort of rippling up and down the sides of the cinema, and people were lurching out of the screening, vomiting. And uh, I remember seeing them, <laughs> seeing them open all the doors to the cinema. Went back a couple of hours later. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was unfortunate. 1984, Michael Radford, the movie of 1984. Very grim. Don't remember much about it. Three stars. I think uh, Richard Burton was in it, and everyone was relieved that he actually looked interested in being in a film for once and then i think he dropped dead shortly afterwards oh now this is interesting okay so this list does include films that i've seen on video right i think it wasn't until i moved to australia that i uh kept a separate list you don't need to know that sorry halloween 2 is what we're talking about one star from me 
Not for publication, a Paul Bartel film, one star. Clearly Top Secret and Ghostbusters had just raised the bar too high for these films. Morons from Outer Space, two stars. Mike Hodges, the hilarious director of Get Carter. Okay, so this was a film with Mel Smith and Griff jones and the idiots who made it thought, let's take this great comedy team and not have them be in any scenes together. There's a good idea. Let's keep Laurel and Hardy in different parts of the film. I do remember there's a good bit where uh, the spaceship lands and the door slowly uh, goes down, as it would do, and then it just falls off. And I think Jimmy Nail is one of the aliens, and he goes, did you do that? I remember laughing at that. Could be remembering that wrong. Then I've seen Vigil by Vincent Ward. This is a New Zealand art film. One of the most beautiful-looking films ever made in New Zealand or possibly anywhere. I was bored shitless. I gave it one star. Then I've seen Stop Making Sense, Jonathan Demme's film of the Talking Heads concert. I've given that five stars. That's I've watched that recently. Still fantastic. What was interesting about seeing this is I'd seen that show, the one from the film, uh, just about six months earlier at the Sweetwater's rock festival uh it was pissing down with rain i was like up to my knees in mud and i remember um david Byrne wasn't very happy with the rain and when they got to that bit where he does the dance with the lamp uh from the this must be the place song which is in the film he just cracked the shits and just flung the lamp off stage so it was fascinating seeing the real the show and then seeing the film of it Amadeus, four stars. Broadway, Danny Rose, Woody Allen, five stars. Sorry, everyone. I love Broadway, Danny Rose, and I got to play him. Uh, Sean McAuliffe wrote a sketch for me for Mad as Hell, where I got to play Broadway, Danny Rose last year. Uh, A Passage to India, David Lean, three stars. I would have suffered through that. Can't remember anything about it. Then I've seen a double feature of two films I've seen before, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid for the second time and Top Secret for the third time. Beverly Hills Cop gets four stars. We loved everything Eddie Murphy was doing at that point uh, until I think Best Defense just spoiled his run of corkers. Uh, The Blues Brothers, I've gone to that for the third time. Still getting five stars from me. Reuben Reuben. Reuben Reuben. Directed by Robert Ellis Miller. I've given that four stars. This is interesting. This is a film that nobody remembers. And yet it stars Tom Conti. And he was nominated for Best Actor at the Academy Awards. We were all in love with Tom Conti because of the Norman Conquests on TV. And then he made this film, and I think, I think it's written, this sounds wrong, but I think it's written by the writer of Casablanca. Would he still be have been alive? Could that be right? That You'll need to Wikipedia that. But I'll tell you why no one remembers this film, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but two terrible things happened to Tom Conti at the end of that film. It's so depre- it's the most depressing ending to a comedy imaginable. 
So it's just totally been forgotten. I've then seen, and now for something completely different, for the third time, Five Stars. That's the Monty Python sketch movie. This is because I was too young to have seen the... I'm, I'm assuming I've explained this in earlier episodes. I was too young to have seen the TV series, so I'm seeing all these classic sketches for the first time in that film. Okay, now I've seen another film on video. It's The Evil Dead, and I've given it five stars. It really was the classic film to watch on home video at the time. I've seen a double feature of 1941 and Scarface, which I've seen before. That's a strange double. I've seen The Elephant Man, and I've given it five stars. Now, I watched The Elephant Man again recently. I'd probably only give that four now. It's just a tad too sentimental, isn't it? It's amazing, though. Oh, listen to that. There's a plane. Hear that? Because I'm, I'm not at Podworks. I'm just uh, between two sofa cushions doing this at home. Uh, next up, double feature, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, five stars. Trading Places, four stars. Seeing uh, those for the third and second time. Then I've seen another film on video, The Man with Two Brains with Steve Martin, directed by Carl Reiner, four stars. I still love them. You can't really defend The Man with Two Brains as great cinema. It's one of those films like Step Brothers. Objectively, perhaps not a great film, but I don't know. I watch it every couple of years. Uh, what else? Um, Psycho 2. Four stars. Third time I've seen Psycho 2. It is very good. I watched it again recently. Still holds up. Diner. Seen that for the second time. Uh, surprised to read in Quentin Tarantino's new book, Cinema Speculation. Doesn't like Diner. Why would that be? Because it's kind of an early version of what he does. People driving around having mundane conversations about sort of, you know, burgers and the like. Anyway, that's an aside. Uh, what else? The Ruttles. I've seen that on video. Four stars. The Cotton Club. Three stars. They put out a longer version of that on Blu-ray a couple of years ago, and it's still not... I don't know. It doesn't quite work. And yet it's full of great things. Like, all the scenes with Bob Hoskins and Fred Gwynn are so great. Like, if they'd just done a film about those two characters... Um, I've seen The Thing for the second time. I've seen Jabberwocky for the second time. Then I've seen City Heat, directed by Richard Benjamin. I think I'd loved our, uh, sorry, my favourite year so much that I would just go to each Richard Benjamin-directed film hoping that this one would be as good. Still, I gave it three stars. I think this was the film that kind of ruined... Uh, Burt Reynolds, I think he talks about it in um, in his book. He, he got hit by a chair that was supposed to be a breakaway chair, and it wasn't, and he was never quite the same. Um, oh, I remember this. The Bostonians, a merchant ivory film, which I, I think uh, it might have started <laughs> Superman. Probably the only reason I went is because Superman was in it, Christopher Reeve. I've given it one star. I remember at the time thinking, this is the most boring film I've ever seen. And uh, I associated stultifying boredom with Merchant and Ivory for years up until uh, Remains of the Day, where they won me back. 
I've then seen the Hotel New Hampshire for the second time. Why have I... Okay. Okay. I'm starting to remember. I think... I've gone up to Auckland to see this. That's right. I think I've seen this um, with a woman. I thought I was on a date. She didn't think it was a date. That was terrible. How embarrassing. Um, Mickey and Maud with uh, Blake Edwards and Dudley Moore, both of whom I liked, reteaming, and I've given it one star. And that was the last film I saw before I moved to Australia. What a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> hey, that's the way to speak about Australia. God, so what, okay, I haven't explained, have I, what I was actually doing in real life while all these films were being seen. This is 1985, so I'm 20 years old. I'm still working at 898FM in Hamilton, New Zealand. Rock in stereo was the boast on all the billboards. I'm uh, writing multiple radio commercials for two stations, in fact, also writing for Radio Waikato. And I was doing a, a weekly comedy show on Tuesday nights with the late Peter Gosney called The Inflatable Countdown. And I was also in amateur plays all this time. And I was in a touring sketch comedy group. So the the theatre group I was doing the plays with was called Theatre Review and they had a four-person sketch group that I got into called Stage Style. No wonder people hated us. And we would tour all around the North Island performing in pubs and cafes and RSLs to almost complete indifference because there was no live comedy. In New Zealand, there might have been, I tell you what, this is 1985, I think it was around now, a monthly stand-up comedy night started in Auckland. I think it was at a club called The Retro, and that was the birth of live comedy in New Zealand, in my way of remembering it. Could be wrong. I mean, live comedy as we know it now, because obviously there was the ace of clubs and there was drag shows and things like that. Let's not have an argument on this podcast. Anyway, that was the scene. I'm in Hamilton, and then, uh, due to a tortuous chain of events, I get transferred to Brisbane to our sister station to write uh, ads and promos for FM 104, now known as Triple M. And I had my own weekly comedy show on Bill Healy's Breakfast Show. I wanted it to be called Mounting Concern. Station didn't understand that. They called it not quite the news. What the hell is this crap? Exactly. And, of course, I was back going to the movies. I was living in New Farm. I was a couple of doors up from the Village Twin. And let's see what movies I was seeing. Starman, John Carpenter's Starman with um, Jeff Bridges, four stars. Mask. Peter Bogdanovich's, uh, well, I guess it was a comeback of sorts, three stars. Water. Oh, what was water? Dick Clement, one of the creators of Porridge. This was a... Hang on, I'm really stuck on this. Water. I think it was Michael Caine. I'm seeing Ringo Starr for some reason. It's... um, Was it a musical? 
I think this is like one of those um, George Harrison, what were they, uh, handmade films. I think it was one of those. And, yeah, two stars. Can't have been great. I think it was one of those films where a whole lot of comedy people go to a sort of tropical location, like Club Paradise, that Harold Ramis film, and it never ends well, does it? People are too relaxed. I think that's the problem. Water. I think Billy Connolly might have been in it. Um, the Purple Rose of Cairo. Saw this at the village. Twin, in fact, five stars. Another Woody Allen one. If Matt was here, we'd have to put booing in. I have friends who cannot even uh, be in a room where Woody Allen's name is mentioned. But he made some amazing films back in the 80s. Um, Witness. I've given three stars. Beverly Hills Cop, seen that for the second time. Then I've seen a double feature. I cannot remember anything about these two films. Mass Appeal, two stars. Mass Appeal. Maybe Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, or maybe just one of them. Uh, Garbo Talks, that's a Sidney Lumet film that I can tell you nothing about. I'm assuming Greta Garbo wasn't in it. Oh, then I've seen This Is Spinal Tap. Five stars. Absolutely blown away by this film. I saw it at uh, Brisbane University, and it was no one had seen a film like that before, like a mockumentary that felt like a real documentary as opposed to The Ruttles that just feels like a long sketch. And this has become a cliche to say about Spinal Tap, but I swear that this is what happened. We came out... And everyone was kind of confused about what they'd just seen. And I heard a woman say, why would they make a documentary about such a mediocre band? <laughs> like people just couldn't accept that it wasn't a real documentary. But anyway, probably my favourite comedy of all time. Then I've seen All of Me, Carl Ryan. And this is another Steve Martin film. This is with Lily Tomlin. And I think both of them are in Steve Martin's body. Uh, this is one of these films you can't see now. It's like the original Heartbreak Kid. It's gone on to the missing list due to rights issues. But I remember loving that. I've then seen it a second time. And then I've seen Purple Rose of Cairo again. And then I've seen Mask again. Why would you see Mask again? Then I've seen The Emerald Forest, John Borman, two stars. Mad Max 3, Beyond Thunderdome, three stars. I remember liking the Thunderdome bit. Then there was the long bit with kids in the middle. I don't think George Miller even directed. I think he got someone else in to do that bit. And then there was a sort of car chase at the end that wasn't quite as good as the one from Mad Max 2, despite being more expensive. Uh, nonetheless, three stars. Amadeus, I've seen that again. Blues Brothers. I've seen... These must be screenings where people dress up as the Blues Brothers and goes all Rocky Horror. Oh, this will be controversial. Girlfriend's not going to like this. The Breakfast Club, one star. Oh, she's got the Criterion Blu-ray of that. She's not going to be impressed by that. Under the Volcano with Albert Finney, John Huston, two stars. I would have been too young for Under the Volcano. Stop Making Sense a second time. Brewster's Millions with uh, Richard Pryor, two stars. Walter Hill made that, really. Brazil. Now, okay, I remember seeing this in uh, in the mall there in 
Brisbane and I've given Brazil five stars because it looked amazing. And I had a look recently and it, I don't know, it doesn't hold up as well. It still looks incredible. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom I've been to for the fourth time. I've seen Witness again. Then I've seen Blood Simple. First Coen Brothers film, five stars. Love that. Into the Night. A similar combination of humour and extreme violence, which uh, I didn't think worked. I gave it two stars. Star Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer, two of my favourites, but I watched it again recently and it, it played even worse. Uh, a View to a Kill, James Bond film, two stars. Christopher Walken in a blimp. Grace Jones. Roger Moore, clearly too old, hanging off a fire truck in front of a terrible blue screen. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I love that, the first one. Four stars. I've been back to Brazil. I've been back to Stop Making Sense. Pale Rider, the Clint Eastwood film, two stars. Oh, more trouble with the girlfriend. Desperately Seeking Susan only gets two stars. That's one of her favourites. Uh, the Purple Rose of Cairo for the third time. Maybe I was thinking it was going to change <laughs> when I saw it. Um, Silverado, Lawrence Kasdan Weston, three stars. I think I only went to that. No, not because he'd done the big chill, but because John Cleese was in it. And I thought, John Cleese in a Weston? Got to see that. Cocoon, three stars. A double feature of Ghostbusters for the fifth time and Brewster's Millions that I didn't even like for the second time. Life Force. Tobe. Is it Tobe or Toby Hooper? I'm never sure. One star. Now, I think that might have a cult following these days and not just because of that French woman being nude for most of it. But I clearly wasn't impressed. One star. Then I've seen a double feature of Mad Max 2, five stars, of course, Mad Max 3, uh, both for the second time. The oh, another double feature, The Terminator for the second time, and Rambo, First Blood Part 2, which I've only given two stars. Then I've seen Fletch, four stars, of course. Fright Night, four stars, loved Fright Night, the original. Dance with a Stranger, Mike Newell, three stars. Can't remember anything about that. Miranda Richardson, I think. Um, Year of the Dragon, Michael Cimino with Mickey Rourke. Only two stars for that. The Australian film Bliss, three stars. Little known fact, more typos in the end credits than any other film. Um, I've been back to Fright Night for the second time. And then I've seen Birdie with Matthew Modine and Nicolas Cage, and I've given it four stars, and yet I've never felt the urge to re-watch that. I think I like the book. That's probably what was going on there. Despite hating A View to a Kill, I've been back to it again. Don't know what was going on there. The Goonies, one star. Just leaving a, a gap for some booing, because I know people will be furious about that. Preetzi's Honor, four stars. John Huston. I'm not sure how that would play now. We all love Priestley's Honor at the time, but you never ever hear anyone talking about it now. Uh, Return to Oz. 
Walter Murch. Okay, the great Walter Murch, the great film editor, the great sound man. I think this is the only film he directed, and I've given it one star. The Killing Fields uh, with Graham Kennedy. That's right. People forget Graham Kennedy was in The Killing Fields, four stars. Um, certainly the best film starring Dr. Hang S. Noor. Uh, Back to the Future, I've seen. That was my last film for the year in Brisbane, and I've given it five stars. Fantastic. All right, those are the films that I saw at the movies, but I'm sorry, there's more. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Is it, though? Because now, if you can stand it, we're going to go through all the films I saw on video. Don't worry, there's only 40 of them. Uh, in Brisbane, living in my flat, where the only bit of furniture was a double bed uh, with an ironing board that we would... So we would sit on the double bed and eat food off the ironing board. Who's we? Me and my girlfriend, Janine, who I talked into coming to Australia with me and uh, still good friends. She designed... The Sizzletown logo. Whoa, check it out. Why not? It's on the front of your iPod there. Okay, so what did I say? Look at this. The Godfather. The first film I saw on video in Australia was The Godfather. That's my first time seeing it on VHS. It would have been in 4x3, and I've given it five stars. Take the money and run. It's Woody Allen again, four stars. I'm sorry. It's full of good jokes. The Boys from Brazil, two stars. All That Jazz, four stars. Oh, that's fantastic. All That Jazz, amazing film. But the open heart surgery bit, that comes out of nowhere. That's a bit of a shock. Um, the last remake of Bo Jest, um, Marty Feldman. Okay, so this is when anyone who was in a Mel Brooks film got to direct the comedy that was sort of like a Mel Brooks film, but not as good. Two stars, I've given that. The In-Laws, three stars. Now, see, I might give The In-Laws four or maybe even five now because it is fantastic. The original with Alan Arkin and Peter Falk. Foul Play, Colin Higgins. Colin Higgins, now there's an interesting name. Worth Googling him. He was Australian and he wrote um, Harold and Maud. And then he started directing films. He, I think, wrote Foul Play. I think he directed uh, Nine to Five and, and died at a young age. Um, Foul Play, I've only given it two stars. Uh, I do remember having seen this on TV when I was much younger. And um, can you even talk about this? Um, Billy Barty. He's a little person. He is um, bashed over the head, pushed out a window, lands in a rubbish bin, rolls down a hill. We thought that was hilarious. Probably get you cancelled now. High Anxiety, an actual Mel Brooks film, only gave that two stars. thing about High Anxiety is you remember the good bits, but there's a lot of longures. There really is. Um, it's because... No, let's not go into it. I was going to talk about he needed... Gene Wilder to be in there. We could talk at length about why High Anxiety isn't as good as the earlier ones, but I can see it's getting even darker outside. Nighthawks, that's a film <laughs> with Sylvester Stallone and someone else, I can't remember who, one star. The Hunter, oh, that's one of those sad uh, last couple of Steve McQueen films. 
one star. From Russia with Love, I've given that four stars. The Fan, Edward Bianchi. Can Edward Bianchi be Ed Bianchi? The The Fan is a film with, um, I think it's Lauren Bacall, and she's got an obsessed stalker. And there was another one, wasn't there, with called The Fan with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Was it a remake? I'm not sure. But Ed Bianchi, if that's the same Ed Bianchi, Ed Bianchi uh, is a fantastic TV director uh, who did some of The Wire and Deadwood. And he's like about 80 and he's still going. I think he does that Yellowstone. But nonetheless, one star for the fan. Bedazzled, four stars. Seen that for the first time on video in Brisbane. The Final Conflict, or um, Omen 3, which as New Zealanders, we were all, uh, you know, our hearts swelled with pride when we discovered that Sam Neill was going to be playing the Antichrist, but I've only given it one star. Oh, then one of the worst films I've ever seen, Modern Problems. With Chevy Chase, one star. The only other film directed by Ken Shapiro who made The Groove Tube and obviously as a favour, Chevy Chase has helped him get another one up and it was so bad, Ken Shapiro was never heard of again. Uh, The Howling, three stars. To Be or Not To Be, directed by Alan Johnson. Really? That's the Mel Brooks one, one star. Now, I wonder if I'd seen the original, because it's a remake of a Preston, no, not Preston Sturges, um, Ernst Lubitsch film, and that's one of my favourite films ever. But I don't think I'd seen that when I saw the, the remake, which has a very funny bit at the start, which is the only bit that isn't from the original, where... <laughs> For some reason, he sings uh, and dances to Sweet Georgia Brown, the Harlem Globetrotters song. Uh, But yeah, one star. Still of the Night with Meryl Streep, three stars. Couldn't tell you anything about it. The Maltese Falcon, seen that for the first time, five stars. Um, Neighbours, that's the American film Neighbours with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, one star. That was where they decided to, you know, play the role that normally the other one would play. And uh, I seem to have been unimpressed. Deadly Blessing, Wes Craven, one star. Dressed to Kill, Brian De Palma, three stars. Singing in the Rain, probably my favourite film of all time. Sad to think that I've seen it for the first time on VHS and given it five stars, of course. Here's another one of these um, Mel Brooks knockoffs. The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother, directed by Gene Wilder, two stars. The Fury, another Brian De Palma, only given that two stars. Probably both of them for the bit at the end when John Cassavetes explodes. Still the best person exploding scene in a film. Pre-digital too, keep that in mind. Creep Show. That was an anthology film, George A. Romero, only two stars. I'm being very harsh, aren't I? On these, some of these films are probably better than that. Uh, the Producers, the original Producers, four stars. The Jerk, 
three stars. Very funny. I'm All Right Jack with Peter Sellers. Uh, four stars, one of his best films. We're almost at the end of this list, by the way. Um, do you need to pause and maybe go to the ladies or the gents? Now would be the time. Okay, I'll wait. Here's Beavis and Butthead. What have they got to say? Same crap on every channel. How true it is. All right. There you go. We're getting back to it. Now, Videodrome. David Cronenberg, three stars. I seem to remember a lot of disturbing imagery involving guns and open wounds. But anyway, Basket Case. Frank Henenlotter. Oh, okay. This was a classic VHS video nasty, as they used to say. But I've only given it two stars. Eating Raoul, another Paul Bartel. This is a classic comedy. I know Julie Klausner and Tom Sharpling, who do the Double Threat podcast. They love this film, but um, I've only given it two stars. I think I felt that Paul Bartel was like a very poor man's John Waters. That's what I was thinking at the time in my sort of snobby living in a flat with only an ironing board to eat off way. Body Double. Brian De Palma's Body Double. I've only given that two stars, but I have to say, slightly obsessed with that film. Seen it several times. It's mental, but uh, yeah, only two stars at the time. History of the World Part 1. Mel Brooks, one star. Not impressed. The Lonely Guy, Steve Martin. Uh, that was um, only released on video. That was one of those films that you went, oh, didn't come out at the cinemas. Um, but yeah, only two stars. I know people love The Lonely Guy. I think it might be Neil Simon. The Year of Living Dangerously, Peter Weir's uh, film with uh, Mel Gibson, three stars. The 39 Steps, one star. Don't panic. It's not the Hitchcock one. It's directed by Don Sharp. I'm assuming that's the one where um, uh, someone's hanging off a clock in a very poor kind of attempt at a Hitchcock finale um race to the yankee zephyr directed by david hemmings this was a um i think it was produced by anthony i Ganane, and it was made in new zealand and it was a, it was a bunch of films um made around this time with david hemmings being involved and uh, donald pleasance uh nonetheless one star for me attack of the killer tomatoes now this was a film we all thought would be hilarious because you saw a clip of it and who's the monster? Oh, it's just a tomato rolling down the street. That'll be hilarious. It's hilarious for about 30 seconds. One star. And then finally, yes, we're at the end. Bonnie and Clyde. Five stars. Now, I remember seeing Bonnie and Clyde at school. Our art teacher showed us that when we were Perhaps too young to see people being machine gunned to death in slow motion. But nonetheless, five stars. I love Bonnie and Clyde. It's a pity about the rear projection in the driving bits. But anyway, I think we've talked long enough about movies. I am Cornolio! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm getting very hot in here between these cushions. We need to have a break. We're going to have a sketch while I queue up the behind-the-sizzle component of the show and here's what we're going to do we're going to play some of me and matt's very earliest work uh some of you would be aware that we first worked together in 2006 on get this 
the uh, Triple M radio show. And I found a sketch which I could be wrong about this. And if I am, the internet will let me know. I don't think ever appeared in one of the Get This podcasts. Uh, at the time, Triple M had an ad campaign where they would say, you never know what will play next on Triple M, which was, uh, well, couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest. And then they were going, might be some old stuff, might be some new stuff. And we decided to have a bit of that action ourselves. Now, get this. You never know what will play next on Get This. It might be some old stuff. Or it might be some new stuff. It might be some slow stuff. Could be some fast stuff. That's right, we've completely lost the plot and have no idea what we're gonna play next. It might be some old stuff. Or it might be something from the future. Might be rock. Or music to make you think. Who knows what we'll play next at Get This? Right. Shot. Hey. Wanna play again? It could be some old stuff. It might be some new stuff. Because we've got absolutely no idea what we're gonna play next. Well, sometimes we do. The girl's happy, she's got no money, I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? We love playing that. But mostly we've got no idea. It could be old. It could be new. It might even be this. But it definitely won't be Dave Graney. No, you don't. Oh, uh, we're back. And that at the end there was a reference to how Dave Graney would often come on, get this, and we would say, can we play one of his songs? And they go, no, you can't. Uh, play one by Snow Patrol instead. <laughs> no nudity. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, right. Uh, during that sketch, I looked up Nighthawks and the co-star with Sylvester Stallone was Billy D. Williams, as I'm sure many of you were shouting at your iPod. What a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> oh, hey, sorry about that. I have no control over this doll. Behind the sizzle, what is this? Well, over the years, five years, we've been doing this show, 
people often message us and say, how is it put together? And we've been kind of reluctant to talk about it because we don't want to spoil the magic of Sizzletown. But that's exactly what I'm about to do. So think uh, long and hard. Oh, there's another plane. Listen to that. It's like being at the Dragonfly at Tullamarine. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, think about whether you want to listen to this because uh, it might ruin the show for you. But it is kind of interesting. I've chosen a segment from the season finale. This is Crackers on the Tugboat when they were attempting to prank me. And what I'm going to do is play you the three unedited files. So this is me playing, obviously, myself and the tugboat and um, whoever's paneling for the tugboat. And... It's kind of improvised. Obviously, I've got a, a sort of a sense of where it's going, but I'm trying to just talk to myself and react to what I'm saying as each person. And then Matt, as we'll hear at the end, has to mesh it all together and make it sound like uh, three people are interrupting each other. So here we go. This is quite a listen. It's nine minutes of the unedited files. And, uh, yeah, let's just go straight into it. See you on the other side, hopefully. All right, here we go with Crackers and the Tugboat. Oh, is that, uh, is that Sizzletown? Uh, yes, it is. Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Maybe I bit say your name. Oh, who am I again? Say Davo! That's Steve-O! Is it Steve-O or Davo? Oh, it's, 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 it's Davo! Stavo? Yeah! <laughs> Alright, well, how can we help? Uh, now this is a story about all about how. <laughs> what? It, sorry? My, my life got flipped to it upside down. Oh, right, yep. I'd like to take a minute to sit right there. Speed it up, he's going to get to it. You're right, you're right. Yes, and... I'll tell you how I became... Uh, let me guess, the Prince of uh, Bel-Air? Oh, the Prince... Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mate, he's fucking beating you to it. You're right, right? Okay, well, well, thanks for that. India. <laughs> Sorry, is the answer India? <laughs> we, there is no answer. What are you talking about? It's not a quiz. <laughs> All right, well, well, thanks for that. No, 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 mate, mate, don't go, don't go. <sighs> Why? Because. Because you've been... Sorry, one more. Because you've been flabbergasted! And what you do there, Matt, is bring in the hornswoggled sounder. Although I think you just had a whole lot of horns, and then I think you had a separate one where it went hornswoggled. So can you combine the two? So he goes flabbergasted, and then you hear hornswoggled and all the horns. Oh, but mate, that's the wrong way. It's for hornswoggled. Oh, sorry, mate. It's f we're doing flabbergasted. I don't know if you need any of me for during the long horn, so I'll just be going, what? What is... 
sorry, have I been have I been flabbergasted or hornswoggled? Mate, you're flabbergasted! And then hornswoggle comes in again. Mate, it's the wrong one! And there's, there's too many horns! Right, okay, well, should I just assume it said hornswoggled? It's not me to say hornswoggled. <laughs> then in comes... I'll give, you, I'll give you the voice. Flabbergasted! Oh, hang on, maybe this is better. Maybe it should be wobbly. Flabbergasted! Flabbergasted! I don't know what the sound for flabbergasted should go on. Should be a wobble, like a wobble board. Just goes on way too long. Yeah, that, where was that before? Okay, well, <laughs> this has been a load of fun. Um, I really have... You know who this is, mate? Um, is it uh, the tugboat? It's crackers in the tugboat! For... Sorry. It's crackers in the tugboat for Rock FM! And they're bringing Hornswoggled again. No, not that one! And then cut it off so the horns get cut off pretty quickly. All right, well, well thanks, uh, crackers. No, man, on the tugboat! And they're bringing You've Been Piped Aboard by that one you did. No, not now, it's for when there's a guest! He's not, he hasn't been piped aboard! Oh. Sorry. Oh, right, haven't I? I don't know what I've been. Oh, you've been flabbergasted. And then bring in horns, just the beginning of it. Not now! No, I'm very confused. Um, is it crack? Which? On the tugboat! And, and Crackers isn't here because um, they haven't got the results of the, the bullying allegation. So, uh, yeah, it's, we've got... Oh. Um, is it the Munter? No, Frank is filling in. I go, Franger, and then a new sound comes in. <laughs> this is mental. The new sound is for a new segment called Franger's Pork Sword of Justice. <laughs> so here it comes. Franger's Pork Sword of Justice. Oh, no, it should be a pause before of justice. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get it out. Here we go. Franger's Pork Sword of Justice. I don't know what that should be. A gavel, I guess, after of justice and a few boings. <laughs> We're not doing that now. Sorry, what is it? Franger's Pork Sword. That's a, of justice. It's a, that's later. We haven't got to that. Oh, okay. Fuck, sorry. All right, well, thanks, um... Uh, t is it the tugboat? <laughs> You've been piped aboard. <laughs> then he goes, no, just don't play any sounds. <laughs> then maybe just a straight boring. Oh, God, I, I can't follow any of this. Mate, can you, uh, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to have to um, get you to do a release. Because, uh, what? A release, what? Yeah, because we, we have to um, get it legal before it goes on. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, can you uh, can you do an ID for us? <laughs> what now? We're on the. Sh yeah, just just for the for the sh just for um, crackers of the tugboat with the fragger um, filling in for the mother filling in for uh, crackers. For 
Okay, uh, all right. Um, you're listening to Franger's Pork Sword. <laughs> no, what are you? Franger and then bring in Franger's Pork Sword. All right, I sorry. I'm very confused. But we're going we're to start this one again. Oh, not on this show, I hope. Sorry, mate, mate. What, which segment are we doing? It's flabbergasted. Horn, and then bring in horn swoggled, and I'll just go, all right, Matt, lose that. Oh, boy. Okay, um, in case you're wondering, you're listening to Sizzletown. Sorry, Matt, this is just a pickup. I noticed towards the end, um, not the last thing that came in, which was horn swoggled, which gets chopped off by you. The one before where it was the pork sword of justice, and I think I just went, I'm very confused. But it, it needed... Uh, even though the tugboat says uh, we've got to do this again, when that first came in, he should go, not, not this one. Just that. I think that's all you'll need. And that should hopefully be everything. And we're back at Sizzletown Unplugged. So there you go. That is what I dump onto Matt Dower's desk. And he then stays up very late at night, weaves his magic. And this was the end result. Uh, hi, is that, uh, is that Sizzletown? Yes, it is. Who's this? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> oh, who am I again? Uh, Steve-O. Is it Steve-O or Dave-O? Oh, it's, 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 it's Steve-O. Steve-O? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, how can we help? Uh, now, this is a story about all about how. <laughs> what? Sorry? Well, I've got flipped turned upside down. Oh, right, yeah. I'd like to take a minute. <laughs> Sit right there. Come on, guys. Yes, uh, and... So I'll tell you how I became... Uh, let me guess, the Prince of uh, Bel-Air? Oh, the Prince. Yeah, yeah. Fucking beat you to it. You're right, right? Okay, well, well, thanks for that. India. <laughs> Sorry? Is the answer India? <laughs> we, there is no answer. What are you talking about? It's not a quiz. <laughs> All right, well, well, thanks for no, that. No, no, mate, mate, don't go, don't go. <laughs> Why? Because... Because you! been flabbergasted sorry have i been have i been flabbergasted or hornswoggled mate you're flabbergasted should i just assume it said hornswoggled it's not me to say hornswoggled <laughs> Okay, well, this has been a load of fun. Um, I really you know have. Who this is, mate? Um, is it uh, the tugboat? It's crackers in the tugboat for Rock FM. I don't know Well, thanks, uh, crackers. No, mate, on the tugboat. You've been piped up. No, not now. It's for winners and guests. You've been piped aboard. Right, haven't I? I don't know what I've been. Oh, you've been flabbergasted. What now? Well, I'm very confused. Um, is it crackers? On the tugboat. And, and crackers is here because um, they haven't got the results of the bullying allegations. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's, we've got... Uh, is it the munter? No, Frank is filling in. Frank? Frank's pork sword. This one's justice. No, you're, we're not doing that now. Sorry. What is it? Frank is pork sword. Of justice. It's a, it's later. We haven't got to that. All right. Well, thanks, um, 
uh, t- is it the tugboat? God, I, I can't follow any of this. Mate, can you? Uh, I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna have to um, ditch it uh, and do a release. Cause, a release? Yeah, because we, we have to um, get it legal before it goes on. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. can you? Right. Hey, can you do an ID for us? What now? Yeah, just just for the for the shit, just for um, crackers of the tugboat with the fragger um, filling in for the mother filling in for uh, crackers. For <laughs> all right, um, you're listening to Fragger's pork sauce. Sorry, I'm very confused. Right, we're going to start this one again. Oh, not on this show, I hope. Which segment are we doing? It's flabbergasted. All right, Matt, lose that. Oh boy. Okay, um, in case you're wondering, you're listening to Sizzletown. And there it is. So now you know why Matt Dower uh, needs a holiday. And I hope that's um, cured you of your need to know how we put this damn thing together. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. That is Sizzletown Unplugged. Cue music. And we will be back with a proper episode of Sizzletown at the start of February. So see you then. In the meantime, hey, visit our website, sizzletownpodcast.com. We've got a YouTube channel with all sorts of old stuff from the archives. And yes, we're on TikTok. It's probably the least popular account on there. I'm far too old to be on TikTok. Cheers. I heard uh, a comedy writer who I really love uh, in Australia called Tony Martin say the phrase, uh, write drunk, edit sober. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, I think what he's saying is that you don't want to be uh, in your sort of most precise, logical, um, what's the word, uh, um, articulate mind when you're creating. Okay. Uh, you, it's much be- much better if you're in a much dreamier state.